0: To introduce, but we have Leti in our check-in <laughs> for this episode. So we have Leti um, Garcia from our previous episode. If you haven't all heard it, it was um, it was an episode we had recorded in the summer of 2020 um, before the semester had started, but uh, we released it a lot later uh, because of audio stuff that we had. But um, the episode we published it in January 25th, and it's titled "No Soy Basica." Latinx, Literary Trends, and Higher Ed. And so we have Dr. Leti Garcia still in us. Um, welcome, Leti.
2: Hola, amigas. Thank you for having me back.
0: Um, and we're here just ranting at the beginning, uh, just checking in. Uh, we Earlier, before we started recording, we we're talking about how ridiculous it is to file taxes in this country and that um, all of us are trying to figure out, like, especially as we were um, students slash changing employment last year how challenging it is to kind of figure out (laughs) like your w-2s and all the tax deductions and everything that we owe because again as working class students and employees now um, we have so many different changes happening that income level is always changing we also have ariana here too
3: (laughs) hi so back by popular demand. Nithi, you're back.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know about popular, but I'm so happy to be here.
3: Yeah, so, um, well, it's great to have you. You have, like I said before, you have a great radio voice, very soothing. (laughs) So, um, and you have a great idea as an input.
0: Yeah, and we wanted to bring you up because, as we mentioned, um, we've grown this friendship since the last time we've had a class together uh, that we took during the summer, um, and also from you hearing because we had recorded the episode and then published it a lot later, and then by the time that you heard it, you said that you had a lot of changing, you know, perspectives of, of you know, hearing yourself back on how you were. Now, a few months working into your new, this new position that you had, tell us what has changed or what is something that is like, what's the change that you hear yourself in? I don't
2: know. I feel, I I think honestly, I I don't even know where to start, but yeah, I think a lot of changes have happened. I think most of them are, you know, because we're at home, we're in the pandemic. There's a lot of downtime to really, to think about. I don't know at least personally for me like to think about my trajectory the sort of career moves i want to make the moves i've already made to sort of get to where i am and i think that listening to the podcast episode which i thought was really great and i'm i'm happy that we had that conversation and i i stand by all of the things that i said there but i think since then i'm just so disillusioned with academia and I don't know, I guess this whole like academic hustle that we have to do just to to get by. And I think that, like you were saying in terms of taxes, like, you know, we have all of these moves and all of these shifts that we do like from student into sort of like more professional um, career paths. And I think in those same shifts, like on a personal level but also on a professional level, you start to learn things about yourself that you hadn't otherwise been able to because you were just like a student. ¿Verdad aprendiendo y allí? not sino la mensa but like just being like, oh yes, like whatever, like whatever lo que me digan, lo voy a hacer because es como se hace and all this stuff. And I think I've learned since our episode came out that like it doesn't have to be like that. And I think a lot of this um, sort of change of heart and change in perspective comes from receiving really bad advice <laughs> the last few months from different from different people that I have come into contact with, um, just sort of like in my in my job. Which makes me sad and even today I had sort of an interesting interaction with someone and I mentioned to my friend like it makes me sad that like people, people operate in these careers like as professors um, in academia in higher ED, and they think the way that they do and like it makes me sad like that like people live and die for the institution, or that you know everything has to be by the book you like, you know, I mean yes. That is true, but it doesn't all have to be about that. So I think that's where a lot of my kind of change of heart comes from, but then just learning more about, I think what I'm willing to put up with and what I'm not willing to put up with, which I think when you're a student, you basically put up with everything, right? Because no te queda de otra. And I actually felt, I would always feel bad after we talked to Arianna, because when you were like, "Well, I'm gonna apply to a PhD and I'm gonna do this. And I'm like, Arianna, like piénsala, piénsala bien. Um, which is so great. I'm so happy for you that you've like, you're gonna go to UCR y todo eso. Pero es una chinga. And I think that like you, at least for me, I, I assume that a, like the first phase of that, like chinga would be over, but then you just find yourself in like an even worse state. It's like, um um it's like Dante's Inferno right like the seven levels of hell um and it just keeps getting not worse and worse but like 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 I don't even know it just it just becomes more clear like what a career of this nature entails verdad
3: I'm glad that you're saying that because um I was think, I was wondering um as you were sharing that, I was like, I wonder if she would recommend people to pursue their PhDs. Is it worth it? Is it, you know, does it pay off, right? Because oftentimes, as like I'm thinking of my dad, right? He always thinks about the payout. Is it is your time invested and money invested? Is it gonna, you know, be worth it in the end? Um And I was thinking about that earlier today, too, um, as I was, I guess, reflecting in a way, you know, I'm, I'm going to leave my job to do this, right? And I would think I saw something on Instagram about what people think PhDs are, you know, people think that it'll, it's a break from working, it's a break from, what is it? um, Responsibilities, right? Um, But it's actually, you know, it's, it's a diff, it's a, it's actually more work, it's actually more responsibilities, it's actually more deadlines, right? So it just translates differently. And um, um, yeah, and, and you know, I'm, I appreciate you sharing that, um, Leti, because as someone who has gone through the process, right, and who's on the other side now, like looking back, what would you tell people about, you know, considering taking this commitment?
2: I think that's a great question. And I think I, I will always advocate for, yes, people going to school and doing whatever it is that they want, you know, to, to better themselves, to, to be able to, I don't know, just be a badass, right? Whether that means getting, going to law school, going to medical school, whatever, even if you want to go to art school, like go be a painter, ¿verdad? Um, I think the one thing that I would advise people and I've I've since started to do this um, when I interact with graduate students is think about all of the potential of what's possible with what you can do in terms of your degree. Just because you do a PhD in something doesn't mean you have to go into academia, and I think that that is the big mistake. Um, We're not big mistake. I think that's like the I don't know, el gran secreto, nobody talks about that. Like when I was doing my PhD and I finished in 2018, that's not that long ago, nobody talked about anything that wasn't academically oriented, verdad? And I think that that is such a huge disservice to students um, because there is so much that people can do with their degrees, whether it's like, you have a degree in philosophy or a degree in mathematics or you know, lo que sea. So for me, that's one thing I would definitely advise students to think about is like, don't just, don't sell yourself short and just think, I'm going to do a PhD, a fuerza voy a entrar like into the academy, but it doesn't have to be that way. And I wish more people talked about that because there is a lot of shame, you know, there is a lot of shame in like not wanting to be a professor, like not wanting to stay in academia. There's a lot of guilt. A lot of people don't understand like, y es como dice mi mamá, pero tanto que has sufrido, tanto que has, you know, trabajado para no you know, to not do the thing, it doesn't have to be that way. And I think I'm learning that the hard way um, only because I, I'm, I'm having to carve out that space for myself, right? Like, what are the things that I can do outside of the academy um, just for like my personal, like well-being, verdad? And I think that it's, it's hard. So that's one thing that I would just advise students to think about is, you know, what can you do that's not just, you know, academics? There's so much, right? Especially you going into like a teaching in education. There's so many things you can do. But that, I know for a lot of people, the dream is to become a professor. But honestly, I feel that sometimes you can make more of a difference outside of the academy because the academy will never change. So so dealing with that reality is is I think necessary. And like the one last thing I'll add to that is like, I think the pandemic has also really exacerbated a lot of these these feelings I've talked to graduate students lately who are like well my advisor basically was like don't even go into academia like no chiste there are no jobs there is going to be like a huge there's going to be a huge shift in academia right so what academia looks like five years from now quien sabe verdad I told myself I wasn't going to say about that a lot because I said it so many times in the last podcast and here I am um so that was my last one. I'm just saying it. So I'm, I hold myself accountable. Um, but do you guys get what I'm saying? Like things are gonna change. So I think in a way it's sad for some students are really mourning that like, oh, I thought I was going like to
0: job. I still can't Whatever. get over the middle.
2: I can't. Me dio vergüenza. I was like, oh my God. Cause I, I'm not even conscious of that. I don't even think I say that like my normal speech. So quien sabe. I'm, soy piratona, I'm weird. Um, but yeah, I don't know. So I'm just like think about that, people. Like, no tienes que no más, you know, quedarte en la universidad. And there are so many things that you you can do, right? So it's like, and I really encourage people to think outside the box. And I recently spoke to a graduate student that was like, she started and she's like, I think I'm leaving. She's like, I hate this. And I'm like, good, like good for you that you figured this out like now. And there's like six years later, like you're gonna, no vas a sufrir tanto, verdad? And she's like, oh, I think it'll be disappointing to people. And I'm just like, ni modo. Like, you know, and I think that's the hard thing in academia is like, it's really hard to not live and please others because that's what we're taught to do.
3: Yeah, definitely. And I think for me, like I'm going in with the mentality that being a professor is the last thing that I wanna do. I mean, eso digo ahorita, quien sabe. But um, my my, um, my goal is to do something else other than just teach and be a faculty, right? I know there's great faculty and great researchers, but um, I feel like, like, to your point, there's so much more out there. There's so much more we can do with our PhDs. So that's also, and I've shared this before, that's also one reason that I chose UC Riverside because um, the faculty was like, you wouldn't be a professor, right? It was not like an expectation. It was more like checking um versus you know USC was like this is what I want you to do and if I find something else I find that you want to do something else then I won't support that and I'm like not not the not the place that I want to be in right where I'm being restricted.
2: Yeah and I feel that it's so often the case is that right like you have to check all these boxes you have to fit this mold and I feel a little bit like well I am I'm fortunate and I feel lucky that I I'm sort of based in the arts. So there is a lot more room for flexibility and thinking more creatively about, you know, the professoriate and things like that. But you know, the rest of the university is always more traditional, right? So there is no room for 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 anything, right? So like even for me, it's like, oh I wanna, I wanna work on these seven plays instead of writing a book. In a theater department they'll be like yeah that sounds fine right but in an English department they'd be like no you have to write seven books right so it's it's also finding that balance but it's it's really hard and I think also thinking I think you made a really conscientious decision Ariana because I think weighing how these institutions operate is what we have to do like first gen like me I I just kind of always went with the flow like Lo que está bien because that's the way it's done and who am I to to not even not question but to to critique that model that has been in place for so long and it's not until you go through it that you're just kind of like you know things could use some some tinkering like it doesn't have to be um, like this so you know whatever my career turns out to be see si me quedo en academia forever I really want to make sure that like I like open up all of these avenues of possibilities for my students because I feel like I would be doing a disservice to them now right in the kind of world that we live in to just be like I expect you to to be this kind of a person and have this kind of a career or that it's it's really really hard to to put that on someone but also to to carry that load it's a uh,
0: really interesting how like all of us are kind of having these kind of you know, thoughts um, with a lot of our peers and, and friends, because um, I just recently reconnected with one of my mentors that I had in undergrad, and her and I had the same conversations So I'm like, I don't really, you know, after this pandemic, after this, like, I'm, you know, not, not that I'm disillusioned, but I'm just like, I had known this, but it's like a whole different thing, like actually going through it. Um, because the shift between being a student and then now being a full-time employee is like completely overnight shift, where as a student, if you were active, like, and you just work part time, I mean, you had the time to explore different hobbies, interests, and even though you were still on a time crunch at, at graduate school, if you were doing a master's like I was, and you still have some sort of still ways to negotiate your time, to do things that are fun and that are, you know, fulfilling for yourself. But you know, once you are in the time clock, in terms of the whole tenure track, you know, career or you know timeline, then it's a whole different experience because that's what academia and PhDs are pushing you to become. You know, tenure track is like the whole goal. You know, your whole time after you finish your PhD and you get hired. As faculty, um, and very less um, discussions are made as like how do you leverage other degrees as well, other than a PhD? You know, how do you leverage your other skills? What other industries or things can you do that doesn't involve um, only getting a PhD? Um, and I think that is the part that you know because we are studying in academia, it is kind of natural for a lot more professors to kind of guide you. For, for you to become like them. And I think I've appreciated the insight of a lot of other professors that were kind of different where they're just like, don't be like me, you know, like free yourself. <laughs> because a lot of them were discussing, you know, not only the politics of like being admitted as a PhD candidate based on, you know, yourself as a student and the kind of schools that you went to, the programs that you've decided to declare, um, they're kind of giving you the reality and the insight of like, well, if you're in this thing and unfortunately, if you are, you know, a minority student who went to a less selective school, then here's the outcome that you'll have for the rest of your trajectory. Um, Although this is not implied the same way as white people are right? because for them, it's like, oh, that's, they went to a less selective school or they went to volunteer in this area for growth, as opposed to this is where naturally you come from. And, you know, there is already growth that you do, but you're going to do it in the future, not in the past. Um, so it's just very interesting how, you know, my, my mentor was like, PhDs, to, uh, people who are kind of only pushing you to do a PhD is because they don't know any other thing. Uh, unfortunately, they were just kind of pushed towards doing that. And also they want to validate that they didn't, a waste all those years doing all these things that arbitrarily doesn't really feel like there's really much of an impact in the world because again it it's research and books and classes that are only you know put in the shelf and not opened
2: yeah i i think that there's so much truth and validity to sort of what you're saying patricia and also that your mentor is sharing this because it's true it's everybody learns from who taught them, right, so those lineages do not disappear, and I think I've been lucky in that a lot of my mentors or people that I worked closely with have never, have like never demanded that I be exactly like them, well, number one, I could never be because I'm already like a Latina in higher ed, they're all white, um, but it's, yeah, it's kind of, like that i don't even know what to call like that that lineage that ancestry that's there it's like embedded in the the culture and i've i've always thought of academia as kind of like a cult in a way um it's you you buy into it wholeheartedly and that's all you can do be no because like i was saying i think there's a lot of shame and really weird feelings about people choosing to walk away from that and you know i've I've had a couple of conversations with people that I'm that I'm close to, and I've just like casually have said like, you know, I don't even know if this is something I want to do for forever. And they're like, what do you mean? Like, you have to like the discipline needs you, the field needs you, and like, like you're crazy. And a part of me is just like, I'm not crazy, you know. It's it's a normal thing to want to try different things, and like the discipline doesn't need me. I mean, like they do, but like it's it's a, it's something fake right? It's, it's made up. And I think that's another thing. I think the pandemic has forced me to think about is kind of the, the triv- the trivial aspects of a lot of what we're forced to do. Like, I really think that my, my heart and like my passion lies in like teaching, right? Like, I love the teaching aspect of my job. I don't love <laughs> the other parts of it, right? Like the admin, the research, it's not always easy, but I, I, I do like it, but it's not my favorite. Like I prefer to be in the classroom and I feel like that's where the most impact comes from. And I think at times in the pandemic, I've been like, I'm so stressed out over this thing I have to do. And it's like, who cares if I write another paper about Shakespeare, <laughs> like in the grand scheme of the world, but it's just so, I don't know, so, it seems so trivial to me. And you you said, you're like, well, oh, I don't think I'm disillusioned. I don't think disillusion was the right word for me to say either earlier. I think it's finally like those rose colored glasses have fallen off because you buy into it, right? Like as part of the cult, you buy into to the, to the message and all of the things that come with it. Um, and you, you hear about people's horrible experiences. You live horrible experiences yourself, but you're like, it's okay because this is just the way it has to happen. And um it doesn't have to. And I think that, like I said, for me, it's been a lot of growth and thinking about like, well, what I, what am I going to put up with? And what am I not going to? What, which I will say, when you transition out of a student into a different kind of position, you have a bit more autonomy when it comes to that. So um, it's, I recognize that I say this coming from a very privileged position in the current sort of job I have. Um, but it's, it's something that I'm just thinking about constantly I don't know I there's so many things that have have changed since I don't know 2019 right we live in a different world
0: yeah and if you're kind of used to like me where I was kind of the opposite of the student where I'm like I was questioning everything I was like where can I you know find ways to make it not be so normalized that I have to do these kind of things because I'm like um part of like what academia does is like it, it like grooms you to be very trying to be a monedita de oro and uh, aside from already the society making you so uh, but it's in a specific way in academia um and then it's like they they tell you like oh well the next role you'll have more autonomy the next one you'll have more autonomy but in reality th- this never changes like the policing never changes the surveillance doesn't change The fact that you'll have to do certain things that may go against your values doesn't change at any stage of the process in terms of the PhD route, because there's always something hanging over you in terms of why you can't be your most authentic self, or at least have a lot more autonomy with your time that you really want to dedicate. So either you want to do more service, or you want to do more research, or you want to do more teaching there's always constantly the struggle within, even no matter what institutional type you go into, um, if it's a UC where it's more research or even a CSU where there's more teaching, there's still some sort of like still structure that you have to abide by because that's what you're being graded on in terms of your folder, your tenure track folder. Um, But um, in terms of like the comment about like your experiences, like what people give you, it's like this interesting part where it's like everyone like sees faculty as the ultimate ones that have power but then within the faculty ranks and the world there's ranks of how much power you can have and you know it, it again never ends right because you know faculty of color is a whole different experience than white faculty and so Whenever people are telling you that this is the general path of what happens from, you know, 8.8 to Z from when you start your PhD program until you're, you know, getting a full-time position, all of these things that you get told are told from experiences of white people going navigating through it. Um, and if you do hear the horror stories, it's from women of color sharing each other's experiences. But again, it, 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 you won't know what you experience until you go through it. And I think that's why they don't want to tell you to everything because then who would want to see like the foreseeable future like that and agree? Yes, that's exactly what I want to do for the rest of my 20 years of my life. You know, dedicating that time, working full-time. Um, and then we do have time that you actually, you know, that one of the reasons why I didn't want to go, you know, one of the many reasons why I didn't want to go through a full-time PhD program was because, you know, thinking of the loss of income, the loss of retirement plan, the loss of just like the fact that I was done being broke, you know, like because of how long it takes. And even my faculty mentor was like, I made way more money when I was full-time outside of academia than I ever will be as a full professor, salary, tenure track and everything, like tenured and everything. And part of her advice was really start thinking about, you know, other things that you can do with just your master's, which you can do a lot. Because another thing that they don't tell you in terms of your job prospects with a PhD is that you're going to be so overly qualified for so many things that you might've wanted to uh, do that to the point that you wouldn't even get hired. Um, Because the amount of, and this is another advice that I got from when I was in my master's program. the guy was like, (laughs) <laughs> so if you want to get a PhD um, and you be a professor, there will nowhere be enough money that you're going to be compensated for the amount of time in schooling and training that you have gone through if you want to be a professor. There's no way it matches in and or outside of academia. just depends on different fields and especially specifically to what you want to specialize, so a lot of variables and nothing is guaranteed. There's no security in terms of what you can't do you have privilege to be in different tables? Sure you do, but is it worth it compared to looking at it as a holistic 360 view of exactly what that entitles? I mean, that's up to every person's discretion and whether or not, you know, this is something that you really want to do. Because again, in any field and program, there's, again, this sucks, this like huge, terrible part of like, sure, you have big adult money now and earning this as a full-timer, but, you know, there's so many restrictions in the current capitalistic world that we live in, in terms of the nine to five or eight to five, (laughs) you know, work period where, you know, I don't feel like, especially as women of color, we'll ever get paid enough or equitably, for the really the amount of work that we do and the expertise that we bring in, regardless of what degree we have.
2: Yeah, it's it's really it's I I sometimes I'm just like, why, like how the fuck did I get here? <laughs> like what happened, like what not what happened to me, but just thinking thinking about like I I did this because I didn't see what other options I had, right? Like I said, nobody explained to me that I could. I don't know, work in a museum, be like a cultural commissioner for somebody somewhere, but there's there's just so much to, to, to be done. And it is true, you you lose a lot. And I said this to Ariana when she was like navigating her PhD stuff, I was like Ariana, like ponte las pilas and ask money questions because you will make no money most often, right? And I kept saying to her, you wanna to go to a private school because they've got money, like those UCs no tienen dinero. At least for me in my experience, I'm in the arts, so arts never has money compared to some of my friends that were graduate students in like School of Medicine or in the sciences or in different departments, even in English. The graduate students made more money than I did in the theater department. And that's just the way the cookie crumbles. You know, there's hardly any money in the arts and that's where I've always been sort of housed. And it is a struggle because you, like I had to work multiple jobs as a graduate student, which makes it even harder to be a graduate student, right? Just because I had to be able to to live and pay bills. And, you know, I did my PhD in Orange County. It's not cheap to live there. So it's all of these factors that come into play. Um, and it's just, it's really, really tough. And yeah, like there's so much, there's so much to do. So I just want people to know that number one yeah like I don't think that academia is the the epitome or the pinnacle of anything I feel like a lot of people aspire to that and that's great I'm happy for them but at least in my experience there is so much more to to sort of a career to a life and like I said it does make me sad when I encounter people who who are just you know all about the tenure track and they live and breathe their work and all of this stuff. And it's, it it makes me sad because sometimes I wonder about these people, I'm like, wow, do you eat French fries? Like, do you go to the movies? I don't know, right? Because it's, I mean, well, nobody goes to the movies anymore but you get what I'm saying? Like, Like, what do you do when you're not working? And the answer is probably like nothing because you're always working. And that's something that I've been contemplating a lot too is what am I willing to sacrifice in my life to continue this kind of career? Because it is, it's una friega and it's always, always, always like stressing about, like, oh, I haven't met that deadline or I have to start thinking about this, oh, blah, 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 blah. And the type of work that does fulfill me, I think, within the institution is not the one that's often rewarded, right? Because I, I work in a UC and this always happens, like, people say, oh, and this is not just the, the UC, it's like every institution. They'll tell you, oh, like research and service and teaching are equitably like favored. Like you need to have, you need to excel in all three, but it's like, no, really you need to like kick ass at research and your teaching needs to be good. Service, we care about, it's all about research, right? So it's learning to find that balance and knowing that you might end up in a place that doesn't value what you value and, I think it's taken me a long time to come to that realization because I've taught a class before where it's like professional development for like graduating seniors. It's like a very basic course. It teaches them like, this is how you would write a cover letter. How would you behave in an interview? And one of the things that we talk about in that class is, you know, kind of ethics in the workplace and like, do you want to, I don't know, work in a place that's shitty and treats people in a terrible way or do you want to work for someone who I don't know gives back to the community or, or whatever that entails and sometimes my students are like oh I never thought about that and I'm like yeah you have to like you have to think about that right because it's so it's so important and we're not taught that either right we're we're chasing that like capitalist train and it's like Ponte las pilas, vete trabajar. and yeah I'm I'm curious to see like what the future of the university is like post-COVID I'm curious to see what teaching will be like, what, how academia will change. A colleague of mine told me a few months ago that they foresee that like the tenure track model that we have is not sustainable. They were basically like, I think it's like on its way out. It's not gonna be immediate, but like, I think things will have to change. And I'm like, I like would like to believe that, but I'm not so sure. Cause it's it's existed for so long. Um, and we don't even have it like as terrible as like people in England do right like we're in different parts of the world in terms of the academy um but I guess all of this is to say is that there are options and just because you did a PhD and didn't go into academia doesn't mean you a failure doesn't mean you didn't make it it just it means different things to everybody to, to the people who make those decisions.
3: Definitely. And I think you bring up really good points, right? Things, (laughs) um, food for thought, right? For people who are considering this path, um, who might have doubts themselves. And, you know, it's, it's definitely, um, you know, um, valid, right, that you have these questions and concerns, because it's not an easy path, like you said, and it's, uh, it takes a long time. But again, I feel like when we look at the statistics of how many people have PhDs, the La- you know, the Latino population has one of the lowest numbers. So it's like, does that is that to say that because it's hard and long and it requires commitment, or is it because, you know, what are the reasons behind that? Do we need more PhD Latinos, Latinx, Latinas? You know, or what does that mean? What does that number mean? What do you think?
2: That's that's a really good point to bring up. I used to think that it was because it was just hard and a lot of people didn't succeed. And, and, you know, even in my graduate program, I started with people that didn't finish well, for various reasons and just, or realized like, this is not for me. Um, I think now when I think about it, At least, you know, coming from the type of environment that I grew up in, it was never even kind of a possibility that I that I that I knew of until until I started doing my undergrad and somebody told me like, oh no, you can do this, like pues a la escuela y blah 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 blah. And it's funny because like I've always known that there's professors. So it's like, yeah, they must go to school and then they're professors. So for me, I think it's I think it has a lot to do with in some cases questions of access, right? And who who will guide you through that or who will motivate you to do that. And I remember even like so I went to undergrad at San Diego State. And while while I was at San Diego State, one of the things my dad would always say to me is, you know, ask your teaching credential. Like ask your teaching credential and like whatever you want y puedes ser maestra. And like you'll have a good job y todo eso and at the beginning I was like yeah that makes sense but then I was like no I just don't want to be a teacher like I want to be a teacher but like I don't know if I want to work with kids or high school like no no me traía verdad la carrera so I was just like mm, I don't know and I remember I used to be at this fight with my dad because he's like ah stupid <laughs> teaching credential he's like yes he's in the maestría and teaching credential I'm like, dad, I don't know, well, I think I want to do a master's, but like, maybe I want to do a master's in English. So, lit. Like, my dad was like, what, que es Like, no. He's like, I still teaching credential. So even for me, like, generationally and culturally, it wasn't an easy trajectory because even now, I think a lot of my family is just like, what do you do? Like, now they get it. They're like, oh, trajas universidad, universidades, profesora, blah, 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 like, whatever then that makes sense to them. But I think when you're in the process of it, people are like, why aren't you working? Like my dad would always be like, ¿Cuando te vas a poner a trabajar? and I'm like, dude, I'm working all the fucking time. Like, matando. and he was saying it to be joking, but in a way he was like also like sharing the expectations that like our parents have of us, like ¿Y a- y a a la escuela? <laughs> you're not making any money, right? <laughs> And even today, like with my with my tax return, my dad's like, "I would see me llega una parte de ese chequecito para acá," and I'm just like, "Like seriously, Dad, like apenas, like apenas like I can barely make any money as a postdoc. I also don't make a ton of money, which is you know, the other um I don't know, the other the other mark like p- that's analista. the other state
0: you're in. <laughs>
2: yeah, um, so, so sorry to backtrack. I want to put on a tangent. I think for me. I'm here because somebody showed me the way. Had they not, I probably would have just gotten my teaching credential and like been a teacher, which now I kind of regret in a way because you know, my stepdaughter, she's in first grade and her school is amazing. I know that some schools like struggle, but seeing that, that kind of education is, is really fascinating to me, right? So obviously I probably won't ever be like an elementary teacher or maybe I will, but just thinking about you know i'm here because somebody showed me the way and guided me right i feel that so often latinas and latinos in higher ed don't have that right like i was really lucky i think i had exposure to the right people and the right conversations that led me down this path but had i not i w- would be living a very different life and i think that that was also had a lot to do with like my family because my parents you know, my grandfather came to the US as a bracero. My family worked in the fields. Um, out of my t- of my three uncles, my dad was a middle child and he was the only one that like they could afford to send to school. So my dad was like the only one who like went to junior high, like went to high school um, in Mexicali where, where he grew up. And like my tios, my other two tios, like they went straight into the fields, right? So it's like those sacrifices. And I think because my dad knew that education was like a way out, not even a way out, but like a way to possibility. He was always like, que ir a la, escuela. like que ir a la escuela, tienes que hacer algo my family's being really dumb outside the window because <laughs> they know I'm recording with you guys, sorry. <laughs> um and I think that like there's a chiquita it was like vasir a, a la escuela. <laughs> like whatever you're gonna do, like lo vas a hacer. And I think that you know, I'm the only person in my family that in my immediate family right that went all the way, you know, that went to school. I had a cousin who started off at UC San Diego and he didn't like it, like so and he never went back. And I think it's it's interesting, but like for me, it's it's that question of accessibility and and that help that I think so often in our communities, we don't always get, I'm not sure like what both of yours experiences, but I see this even in like the outreach work that I do when I go to local high schools and talk to students um, I remember one time a student was like, he's like, no, I don't want to go to school. And we did like a presentation on like, on the theater, but like everything, todo lo que tiene que ver con el teatro. so like costumes, lighting, and like the scenic work, the things that we don't think about. And he was just like, you know, I really like lighting. He's like, I didn't even know that you could study that and be like a lighting designer. And I'm like, yeah, you could. And guess what, with that, you can work in Hollywood, you can work on movies, you can work in a museum. Um, you know, all this stuff and seeing seeing someone's kind of mind opened up to possibility because you're simply told like, hey, like you can do this, right? Like if you like makeup, I'm glad you like makeup because you could be like a bomb ass makeup artist. ¿verdad? So it's, for me, it's just that exposure. I think that is so necessary that I feel so often our communities, it's not there. And correct me if I'm wrong or if you think differently, but for me, that's what I think one of the huge sort of gaps is is because of that.
0: Yeah, I think in in general, every stage of the process of pre post whatever PhD, um, not only academics personally and and professionally, I feel like we have a very limited and um, unfortunately not structured in a way that helps everyone through the whole journey. Um, We fail our students a lot In every way possible and every single possibility where we can go wrong we have been going wrong systemically and so um, unfortunately like students are not exposed to their not only their options but also professionally like what do you do afterwards and even if you know um, kind of like Ariana and I we've been working towards like learning and knowing more about what are the graduate school options that students can have? Because we oftentimes come across students, and even with our podcast, we we do this too uh, during our free time. Even when you know what the steps are, there's so many ways that can go wrong. And so it, like every step of the way, like the reason why we don't have a lot of Latinx, Latin, you know, professionals, PhDs, it's like because you know, it doesn't, the, the academia does not make it safe for us to be in it. It does not make it safe for us to become. It does not make it safe to, for us to be. And also for us to excel and thrive long-term. And just like how we see this in our undergraduate students where during the pandemic, how difficult it is for universities to just grasp that their own reality is completely different from what these students are dealing with now the fact that a lot of them just are not connected to how much stress students are dealing with. They say that they want to you know, address these equity gaps, but they don't even know how to identify, or understand, or describe it. What are they? They're being so vague. It's like this whole, they don't even know about the theory either or the practice of what it's like to address these things. So sure, you can have a one individual person trying to walk you through the process, That it doesn't mean everything because again, we are only limited to what we know. Every single department has not done its job to make it different. Um, Even professors in their own departments. I mean, there's tons of talks about like, what ways can we take away stressors for everybody uh, who's at the colleges, right? Working or studying. Um, But then at the same time, they're like, hey, let's go hard on them because they should know better now. You know, like this is so like frustrating being in there where they're like, oh, we want to support you. But then let's learn how five, 20 different ways to penalize you. So although everyone is trying to review graduation requirements, everyone's trying to change immediately. I see right now what they're trying to do is change their admissions criteria to just accept a ton of different students because their numbers are so low. But then I'm like, sure, you can admit them. But then What is making it safe for them to stay there if you're going to kick them out the first semester that you can? In my campus, they still um, drop students if they don't pay classes. And so that in itself is the whole disruptor. So like the first thing is you just being aware of how to be in, in, in academia. The second thing is once you're there, can you be present? And then the other one is like, can you thrive and do well in it? And can you sustain it later on for a long period of time from the way that you know and and it's not to say that like our cultural is our you know deficit or anything like that but it's like it's not reflective of our values so if i value time off and i value hey you need to you know despegarte del trabajo and and have a more than one identity then it's going to be really hard to sustain that in, in academia where that is something that they you know now that I'm like a full-time staff, I'm like always waiting for, you know, okay, when is the work going to be over? So I can do the stuff that I really want to do, you know, because although the, the work is rewarding, the setting isn't really conducive to creativity, to really great conversations, to some really awesome, you know, projects that you want to do because everything, everything is based off of, can I get promoted to being a permanent position? Can I, you know, quantify whatever I'm being graded on in terms of my own promotions, right? And a lot of it is not the really cool stuff that I get to do on my own time or on the time that I'm on the clock that's extra, you know, that I won't get compensated for.
3: Yeah, those are like, you know, the challenges, right, with working or going to school. It's like, Nunca, you can't have the best of both worlds. It's always, you know, there's always going to be disadvantages and or gaps, right?
2: So. Yeah, and it's, it's hard. Um, I don't know if you know this, Spati, but I'm having a baby, like, to to the podcast world. And I think a lot of also my, I don't know, I guess, like, thinking about all of this is because I'm going through this, like, massive change in my life is going to change and even thinking about like oh how do I tell them, my employer that I'm you know having a baby and all of that kind of stigma that comes with being a woman in academia right regardless of your ethnicity or your cultural background it's it feels really shitty right like to siento uno, like like you even feel bad that you even think that ¿verdad? because like my immediate thought is like oh van a pensar que que like floja que which is like such a like a telenovela like storyline but you can't help but think those things and um it's funny because like like well legally they can't say anything bad about it because that's wrong um it's it's tan difícil like to navigate these these experiences también because like you're right and i think we were texting about this a few weeks ago we were like Um, We were like, we hate working, right? Or what was it we were talking about like the nine to five or something and we were just laughing because it's never over, right? It's five o'clock and like you still have to work and it's, I don't know. And I feel like in academia, you never escape that. You know, you could be on vacation and you're just like, I didn't read that book, right? And then like the terror sets in and you're just like my life. And I think for me, I'm, I'm questioning whether that's something that I want to put up with for forever, you know? And I think a lot of people should think about that, especially now um, when, I don't know, when the world is changing and, you know, I've been talking to a lot of grad students and they have these questions too. And I think that finally, now there's a space and, and like room to have these conversations, to have these, these dialogues, because prior to the pandemic, like, la boca. like no puedes decir que no, no te vas a quedar or like, you know, que vas a hacer otra cosa because you just don't do that. Um, And one thing my therapist, I don't know if I said this on the last episode we recorded, but one thing my therapist asked me one time, she's like, why are you, um, like, why do you think like academia is so hung up on like sort of like this culture of like guilt and shame? And she was like, people, people leave jobs and switch jobs, switch careers all the time outside of academia. Like, why isn't it the same in academia? And I'm just like, well, you don't get it. Because it's like a cult, right? Like, this goes back to the thing, like, you don't leave um you don't leave the cult unless i don't know you get kicked out or whatever or like why would you want to because it's so glorified and so kind of it's like the epitome of of todo um and it's hard and it's hard to and this is something that i and i felt about ariana because i was like i wonder if i'm giving ariana bad advice because you want to be like forthright about these things with with students right but like how do you how do you tell a student on their first day, right? Like like you're saying, congratulations, like we're so thrilled you're here, but like, you know, they don't want you here. You van a hacer todo lo posible para hacerte la vida, you know, know, lo peor de lo peor. And it's like, how do you have that conversation openly? And like, you sometimes you have to, right? Um, But it sucks and it sucks to be in that position. Um, I had a student once ask me, why doesn't this department do like shows that i can be in and he's like um like a mexican kid from boyle heights and i'm just like and it broke my heart and i was like they're never going to right like nunca and um it sucks and it's it's like facing those realities of the institution right they're just like oh we have we have committees and inclusivity and diversity and we're trying to create minors and emphasis you know no sé qué toda I don't know toda la banda ahí um, and I'm like to what to what cost to make you feel better or to really make the students feel welcome and safe but oh you're right like Pati, it's like most often all of us like present company included like they like we're like papas to them like you know like um it's like whatever and I think that I hope your listeners don't get mad, but like, I feel like the sooner people realize that about being like any kind of person of color, any kind of background in academia, like it's it's not easy. And I say this to people, like it's not for the faint of heart.
0: And we keep t- always talking about, you know, not only therapist advice, but it's also like, you know, how can you be your authentic self in academia? And the answer, most of the time, ninety-nine percent of the time is you—you you aren't, um, because one way or another, if you're not putting a face, if you're not, you know, compromising your values or what you want to do, um it's either you know you're not able to say, it, you know, with a straight face in front of them, or in being di- as direct as you want it to be, or hold people accountable in the way that you want to want to, because there's so much it was like the mafia, you know, like there's so much people that want to retaliate against you or go like blacklist you in all these like universities where you won't be hired, especially if your specialization is really, really niche as often PhDs are. (laughs) So the very few people you can count them is like very few. And so, um, the fact that you're feeling this way is because it's oftentimes the truth and, um, especially with like academia, I mean, like this is like kind of like the reality check for a lot of us is like, you know, it is how it is. It shouldn't be, but also just know that the stuff that you're getting into, there's very limited stuff. And undergrad, that lo pinta bien bonito because that's what they want you to, that's how they get you, you know? Uh, one few, every so often diversity stuff. But again, if you really follow the money, if you really follow who's putting all these events together, it's again, like five people on the campus, you know, and it's the same five people that are like really working, trying to work really hard, putting their health at risk for doing that, their jobs at risk for doing that. And I just feel like,
2: Right,
0: that it's just like you, you're, you spend so much time finding out little by little that this is what happens. And that unfortunately, there is no economic, political incentive for them to not change the way that they are because people are trying to make it work. All of us who have been in, you know, finished degrees have somehow, some way put it all together, not because the university did it for us, but because we put the effort and other people individually put the effort to make you finish um, after the post graduation part is when it gets even harder because again, if you are working in higher ed or not, it really depends. But the the amount of experience that a lot of students come from, especially from the CSUs community colleges, uh, I'm not sure about UCs because I haven't been there. But like, it's so disheartening to see that it, it's not the same. Like they're not treated the same. They're not prepared the same way. And unfortunately, when they go to the workforce, they feel a lot less empowered to again think about their lifestyle. Like so many seniors that I'm like in juniors that I'm meeting with, that I'm like, if you're not thinking about the lifestyle that you want to live, the values, what kind of you know <laughs> you know benefit package are you looking for that matches your lifestyle? Do you want to buy a house long term? Do you want to travel more? Would that job be able to give you that flexibility? And oftentimes it's a no because. It's also looked down upon so much in capitalism to take time off.
2: Yeah and even going back to our taxes conversation like this is the first year that I just work at one institution right because before that I've been working at like four or five institutions at the same time and it's always been kind of a clusterfuck in a way and Um, I had to explain to my tax person, like I had to do this because it's like, you know, I'm just an adjunct and I have to I have to make it work. Right. Especially if only one I have one class at one, you know, institution that they're only paying me like nine hundred dollars a month, like no lases, Right. And these are all the things that you. You don't get told or taught And, and even like really basic things, I often have students and I'm sure the two of you as well. Um, or my students will be like, well, why didn't they teach me this? Or like, ¿Por qué no me dijeron, ¿Por qué no me, me dijeron que iba a ser así o okay? que blah, 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 blah. And I'm just like, I don't know. But like, like, don't worry about it now. Nah. I'm telling you now, but that you've you've seen the light. Um, and I think a lot of it, a lot of what we're talking about to me is sort of the the biggest disservice sort of, to the students because our students are not being served, right? Like on all levels. Um, and it's, it's sad because it's like, we, we move every year closer and more closer into like the university being run as business. And it is, it already is that, right? So um, talking about like the, the level of criminality think, that you were talking about, you know, at, at the UC, if you have library fines, like they put a hold on all of your shit. And that happened to me so many times because I never returned my library books um, or I'm always late. And I remember one time I had to register for classes and I couldn't because it's like all in red, like you owe money and like you will be dropped si no pagas. and it was like $8, like, you know, something ridiculous and they just make you feel like a criminal in, in a way. And like, you've done something really bad and it's just like, dude, like I'm a student and I have books. Like, how is that a crime? Um, but it's really, yeah, it's, it's so interesting to sort of navigate these terrains um because i don't know how we ended up here i mean like i do but it's, it's
0: fabricated, right like it's all fabricated now that i think about it i'm like now that everybody is thinking about like this whole stimulus checks and like taxes and all these rules that like you're just like why are they there there's no need to have these rules like all of it is fabricated all of it is made by men mostly, white men in power, creating these rules that make no sense, that fit nobody. And even like the people that say like, oh, you can, you know, how to earn six figure salary. And because I've seen all these like financial, you know, educators, you the taxes that are like, you can make money and all this stuff. But I'm like, there's such few instances where this could actually work. The same thing in academia, right? And higher ed. There's so many instances of people telling you how successful you can be as a college graduate, but again, that plan only works for such a few percentage of people that, you know, unless you have all the factors and criteria working in your favor, there's no way in hell a lot of us can make six figure salaries by putting a website and writing recipes. Uh, you know, and make money through YouTube channels and all that stuff. I'm like, it it requires a specific, specific kind of person. And instead of questioning, why do we have to even do this? People are like, do it. Because if you're not, then you're not working hard enough.
2: Yeah, and that grind culture is so toxic. You know, it's like work more, always be on call always be available do this do that um i don't know i guess i want to know ariana how do you feel like as you're getting ready to start this phd like i hope i hope we're not being debbie downers um
3: no because i'm aware of all of these things i mean i've thought about them we've had conversations and I, about these things i think it's just a matter of of, you know, staying aware and, and asking questions and finding a good, you know, either mentor or advisor who can guide me, who can be honest and have genuine conversations about the processes, right, and how it has to be done. And, you know, someone that has my good, you know, who has good intentions and who has, wants to help me, which is hard to find definitely in academia, but, um. I think going to Harvard was definitely like the biggest, you know, lifting of the blindfold kind of thing. Um, I've been talking to prospective, well, perspectives. I guess admitted students who gotten accepted at Harvard, and they asked. One of them was like really digging for that information. They're like, "Is it really? Is it worth it? Do you? Would you recommend it?" And like you, let I was like. Mm would, like, you know, I feel like I'm, you know, I I would do them a disservice if I, you know, misled them or lied to them, right? So I was just like, well, this was my experience. And, you know, things might have changed since I was there. It's up to you what you want to obtain out of this degree, right? Just know that that people outside of the institution don't know what really goes on or what it really represents. I mean, doesn't know what what it what goes on inside Harvard or what it does mean or it doesn't, right? People have this idea of what it is and I think someone said that prestige is the definition of, of prestige is like the illusion of of something, right? Um and I think that's that is true and I think with the PhD as well like um it's the illusion of being smart or being because it's so rare right so many so few people get into harvard so few people get a phd so it's this like whoa you did it um so i don't know for me it's like um i feel like it's not new and i just want to be part of the the difference that is made right as a result of me getting my phd and again I don't know what the future holds, but um, I definitely would like to go use this um, in a different way. Like I would like to not be held back or have the door closed on me because I don't have a PhD or because I have an EDD or because I'm a Latina right, and I only have a master's, right? Like for me, it's like, I want no excuses. I know how you will work. I have a PhD, what's your excuse now kind of thing, so. I just don't want any doors closed and I don't want to be, you know, 45. There's nothing wrong with being 45 and getting your PhD at that age. But, um, I, I just want to get it out, out of the way, basically. So get in and out as soon as I can.
2: Yeah. So I was going to say get in, get out, like go do something magical, um, Yeah. which I think is, is, is the right way to do it. And I think that was in my experience. I, I did it a different way and I don't regret the way I did it, but, um, I wish I was less naive and like like drink the Kool-Aid less, right? Um, because you're right, like it's so hard to have these conversations and and these this type of conversation never crossed my mind in graduate school. Cause it was like one track, one track, so just to jump through all these hoops. And I think that you you raise a really good point, Ariana. And I think that like the listeners out there, like if they are interested in this, I think it's, it really, really makes a difference to have the people that you can have these conversations with, that you can be open and vulnerable and these people won't judge you or or won't be like, oh, you can't leave or you can't do this, you know? Um, it's okay to to have these doubts or even these feelings and like finding your people is is really important.
3: Yeah, what are your thoughts, Patsy?
0: What are my thoughts? I think, like anything, because the institutions and workplaces are not going to think about your best interests, I think it's in your best interest to try to make informed decisions about what it is that you are doing. Um, any of the jobs isn't one way or another. Like I'm not saying that academia itself is a horrible terrible place although it is in many different spaces <laughs> depending on what campus you are there are you know very very toxic places you want to avoid as much as possible um, no hay un trabajo under capitalism it's like perfect amazing even entrepreneurs have mentioned that you know they do struggle with you know if you do, if you are an entrepreneur sure you can have all the flexibility But there's some things that come with it, you know, that may not be awesome. So I think it's important for everyone to just kind of make an informed decision that to listen to, you know, the different experiences, but also take into account that yours may be different. How I'm mentioning, like, you may be that few person that may do it well, but don't think that because the U.S. does that to us where they just put a few tokens that that's going to be your experience either O como muchos de nosotras, like it could just be like, oh, no, va pas- no me va a pasar a me, but I'm like, well, you never know if it is, you know, that, that's the thing is that you are a one person in this huge institution that's existed for quite some time. Ellos saben mas how to manipulate you and, and have power over you than you who has existed in a very short time compared to the institution. So um, definitely have, again, have we mentioned before your circle of support from all levels, um, try to learn as much as possible, but know that, you know, you have to trust yourself in whatever decision you are making. If you are deciding to do a PhD, I'm a full support of that. Just know that what you're getting yourself into and know that you have to kind of be open to learning new things too. Um, If you are deciding again, you don't always have to, you know, try to reflect as much as possible, have a therapist nearby that you count on, because it is hard to advocate with yourself or for yourself when you are working in here, because if you don't have a vision written or an end goal or some sort of value set that you have in there, it's gonna be really hard to really know what you're working towards. Because again, I've mentioned this before, your title might change your values and the work that you wanna do doesn't. It's just a matter of, you know, don't get caught up in the shame, essentially. Um, because that's going to hurt you the most.
2: Yes. And to that, I would add, you know, do it on your own terms, which is something I didn't do. And I do regret that because I I was so busy just, I guess, pleasing or just following the rules. Like it has to be done this way that I think I, I would have had such a different experience if I did it on my own terms and in the way that I wanted to do it, right? Rather than in the way that it was dictated that it needed to be done. Which again, like Bati saying, that that's that's fake. Like who created these requirements like graduate division? Like okay, um, but they're arbitrary in a way. So I think for people like out there who who want to do this, yeah, just do it. We support you and we're proud of you. And just you know, no chingue as my dad would say, right? Do it on your own terms.
0: I know that um, as my mentor and I have, I have experiences whenever, like I've tried to advocate myself, whenever you can do a huge pushback, you'll be surprised that sometimes, most often, if you are the student, it goes your way. So if you do see some sort of thing that you're like, hell no, you know, stick your, stick your, your stuff, make sure that you know what you're talking about though. So don't, you know, no hagan berrinche for no reason. Um, you know, if it is something that's reasonable and that you feel like it's a unfair rule or some sort of arbitrary thing that you can negotiate, always negotiate and come up with solutions because um, it, it oftentimes goes my, your way, kind of like how I did it with my thesis committee. Yo estaba peleando desde el principio. So I was just like, and, and it went my way because again, it, it just made sense. But um, a lot of students, especially on the undergraduate level, don't know that they can actually push back on a lot of these rules and, and, you know, push the institution to do something different for them. Um, but you, the problem is you have to keep them, you making sure that they know that you know uh, your rights. So um, thank you so much, Leti, for this really fruitful, different kind of conversation. But I think it's a, a very important one because oftentimes we don't talk about it. Um, last thoughts, Ariana and Leti?
3: No, um, Leti, again, you are a wisdom, very wise woman. And, um, thank you for sharing, um, coming back and sharing more about your experience and where you're at at this point, right? Things can change a lot in a few months. so, So I'm really grateful that you were willing to come back and just, you know, um, Give give your insight into what it's what it's really like versus what people think it might be. You know, going through the PhD and postdoc, and you know, being you know, a teaching and all those great things. So, thank you, Leti, for for that. But anything else that you'd like to close close us, us with close us
2: with? <laughs> no, no, again, I'm so thankful to the two of you for your friendship and for having me here to let me. Um, to let me just, I don't know, be a chismosa and share all my feelings, which is something that I um, I love to do. But yeah, whenever you'll have me back, cuentan conmigo. Gracias, chicas.
0: Congratulations on the baby. Oh, thank yeah, you. congratulations on, because I did see that you got a, a new dog, right? And oh
2: my God. My casa away. parece, what is that, Cartoon the Family Circus? Yes, we have two, three dogs now. Um, and all of my dogs are big, so they're not little. Um, and even our puppy, he's like over 20 pounds now. He's gonna be a big dog. He's gonna be like 80 pounds. Um, se llama Osito, Osito. Blanco. He's cute, pero travieso. Um, but we, yeah, so many, so many changes, but all good. That's I'm wonderful. excited. Do
3: you know this? <laughs> you know the sex of the
2: baby? Sí, va a ser niño. 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 Y fíjate todas mis oh no que tengo muchas amigas que están embarazadas pero a la gente que conozco que sí están embarazadas todo el mundo va a tener niños y les digo the population is correcting itself because like there's so many like isn't like the ratio right now there's more women to men in the world so I'm like like the universe solito se está like realigning That's I so thought cool. that was funny but yeah so arco cómo me va a solita todo bien todo todo bien um, just like a little more tired than normal
0: but well, we look forward to to a a, the, a young little baby scholar.
2: <laughs> we do um say another episode baby shower edition. Yeah. <laughs> or like the next episode could be like
0: uh, you're gonna be a mommy scholar, so new mommy scholar, what <laughs> <Exactly. through> changes.
2: <laughs> exactly, exactly. But no, gracias chicas.
0: Thank you everyone, and uh we'll close off the episode.
2: I like this. I just saw
1: For all of our listeners, you can email us at chicanacodeswitchers at gmail.com and send us your POC, business, conference, and event shoutouts and listener letters. You could also record a listener message on Anchor app, and that way we can include your recorded message in our future episodes. Follow us on Instagram at chicanacodeswitchers and on Twitter at xcodeswitchers. If you would like to support this podcast, you can Venmo or Cash App us at Chicana Code Switchers and/or become a Patreon contributor. Thank you, and don't forget: switch the code. Don't let the code switch you.